Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar podcast, brought to you from the team behind Cycling Plus, MBUK and BikeRadar.com. Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar podcast. I'm Will Sof, staff writer for MBUK, and today I'm here with Owen Coots from Physic, and we're very pleased to be talking to World Cup downhill racer Thibaut Duprella. At 20 years old, Thibaut has already won the World Cup Downhill Series twice as a junior and led the UCI World Cup overall for the majority of the 2021 season. But before we begin, please remember to share and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. And we are recording this remotely, so apologies if the sound quality isn't quite up to our usual standard. We'd like to thank one of Thibaut's sponsors, Physic, for the help getting this podcast off the ground. Bonjour Thibaut, lovely to have you with us. Hello. Yeah, it's cool to to make a podcast with you guys and uh, talk about a bit uh, what you want. <laughs> Thanks very much. Well, yeah, I mean, to kick off, uh, just tell us a bit about yourself. How would you describe yourself and your riding style? Um, to describe myself, I think I'm like uh, really like uh, not aggressive, but like uh, really nervous and uh, I'm going full in. And uh, for the riding style, I think it's the same. I'm really aggressive on the bike and uh, it's all or nothing, almost. And uh, yeah, and I'm a working person. So yeah, I work a lot. And has it always been that way since you started riding? Like, have you calmed down or got more aggressive as you've carried on your downhill career? Mm, I think it was uh, up and down, you know. Like in junior, you look, you're looking for speed and everything so you're really aggressive then you found a bit of speed then you lose the uh, aggressivity and now i think i'm uh i i almost have the balance but uh i'm still really aggressive sometimes <laughs> yeah and still really young um you, uh you're you're 21 in february is that right yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah so you're still only 20 years old and mm-hmm. you've achieved an awful lot in your career already um you made the the jump from junior where you won the World Cup overall twice um, into the elite category, looked really natural. Like, what do you think you've done to cope so well with the step up to elite? Yeah, it was. Uh, it's always a challenge to to ride from junior to elite. You know, because there is a gap of uh, speed and of everything, technique and physique. So, I think I've always been working out since I'm in youth category so I think it's just the normal progression I have but I think during the you know COVID and uh, the seasons that were uh, a bit f- further in the year 
uh, it helps me a bit to to work more on my body and everything because uh, when you're young you can't uh, be like a 27 years old guy which is already trained for 10 years so I think that helps me a bit and uh, yeah I work a lot so and hard so I think it's uh, a bit everything yeah you must have a lot of mental strength to be able to keep qualifying well and then getting a good result because that can be a lot of extra pressure um you had a proper wild season last year um it was full of a lot of highs and a lot of lows um how did it feel at the start of last year to have such a strong beginning uh with second in league again yeah it was amazing you know and it was um you know uh i don't know where i was because you know the year before was my first year in elite already i had some really good results but you know it's always strange when it's not the full season so then we had a, a, a normal winter and I trained really hard and uh, I didn't know where I was at this time, you know, and uh, being on the podium, uh, I think it helps me to, to say, okay, uh, you are where you want to be and why you train for that. So now you can go stay like that, <laughs> I would say. So yeah, it was a really like, good for me. Yeah, so you hit the ground running with that second place. Uh, and then it was straight out to the the French nationals. Um, for those who don't know, can you tell us what happened there? Yeah, so it was a French Cup, you know, nothing crazy, just a cool track, and uh, we were here to just to race and uh, have more races, you know, as, because uh, we did not so many before the season. And uh, yeah, I try something easy that even thirteen years old guys uh, were were jumping and I don't know why it was the first run I didn't do it before and just went over the bar and cut the tongue and the noise and was a bit uh, you know losing the head like concussed yeah yeah and then yeah I was reported to the hospital and everything so it was a bad moment but I did what I can to ride the next week well yeah it's like a super gnarly accident to happen and then I think most people would have just said you know what after a big crash like that I'm just going to sit out and relax and, and perhaps miss a round of the World Cup to fully get back to full health. But you were like, oh, no, I want to go straight to Leger. Yeah, exactly. You know, the day after I went, I crashed. Uh, I need to fix more the tongue because it was uh, I was losing the points now on the tongue. Oh. So I said, guys, do it now. I need to go out in two hours. So I just push, push, push to go out. And then uh, they let me go out. And, and then I try everything I can to, to ride in Leger, even if it was a bit scary the first two days, but then it was good for Sunday. Yeah, I can imagine. And, and that comes back to like that mental strength we were talking about, to be that keen and hungry to get back on the bike and to deal with like the injuries that you still had and then to race Leger. And uh, obviously you won in Leger. Like that was the, the second World Cup of the season. You've got a second and a first place under your belt. Um, how did you feel coming from such a gnarly accident to winning, you know, the second round of the series in 2021? I was a really strange feeling, you know, because, uh, yeah, when I crashed, uh, I think it, the season was done almost, you know, but when I knew I was feeling the body good and I knew I could race in Leger, the, the goal was only mark points because I knew I was second overall. So we nearly you can't miss any races. And, uh, yeah, when I won the race, I was so much like no more energy i was i almost didn't enjoy the win you know because i was really really tired so 
Yeah, and then I I I, I need uh, more weeks after this race to recover. Yeah, demanding for my body. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. And then you you went away from Leger with the leader's jersey. Like that must have felt amazing. So you're convalescing from uh, almost biting through your tongue, and then you're sitting there leading the World Cup. Like, how did that feel? It feels amazing because I, I need a bit this feeling when I was in junior, and then you did that in elite. It's a dream come true, and uh, yeah, me it helps me to 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 go faster and uh, more extra energy, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for the next round in Maribor was uh, really helpful. It was yeah, I don't know, didn't put any extra pressure for me, just extra power. Yeah, yeah. So then, you know, carried on your amazing season and helped consolidate your lead with second in Maribor. Um, and then it was straight into world champs at Val de Sol. Um, when you were there, uh, did you have any special kit or anything special with your bike set up for that weekend? So, yeah, it was a really strange track. So, yeah, for the bike, we... We were on uh, the same bike, but we, we tried to change the settings to have a, a special bike for a really rocky, really steep track like Vadisol, you know. So we adapt the bike for that. And then, yeah, we also have uh, some cool kit uh, with some nice color and uh, nice uh, physique shoes with the blue, red, and white uh, French uh, jersey a bit on the shoes. So it was really cool. It's always nice to have some nice uh, present for World Championships. Smart. Um, and so with the bike setup, can you let us know, uh, can you let us into any secrets of what you did to change the bike for such a steep, gnarly track? Yeah, I think it's a bit the same for everybody. You know, when it's steep, you need to have some a smoother bike with a bit easier to roll all the way down. And yeah, with like, uh, it's a bit more less aggressive and maybe a bit less physical also. So um, for me, it was the, the goal to, for this uh, track. Did you change the geometry at all? Or was it mainly just like changes to suspension setup, like pressures and things like that? No, it was a lot uh, the the geometry of the bike. And we also ride the floating disc brake. Yeah. So that's everybody I've seen. So yeah, it was a special bike, special race. It was good. Fantastic. Um, and you you seem to have a really strong team around you, like not just for world champs, but like all the way through the World Cup season. Um, Commissar Mokov seemed to have a really good team dynamic. Like, do you think that helps you like to perform? Do you think it helps you to come back from injury and adapt to different things that happen during the year? Yes, for sure. Uh, you can't do anything alone. And when you're on a team like that, we are working together for four years now. Uh, we know each other perfectly. So it's uh, really helpful for everybody, you know, not just for me, for Amori, Miriam, and the mechanics, the engineer and everything. So, yeah, it's a big help. And that's why we try to work the best together. And uh, we've seen some photos of Max Comensal uh, floating around at races as well. Like, how does it feel to have like the owner of the team like there at the races, like in the thick of it? He's not the owner of the team; he's just a sponsor. Sorry, so, yeah, That's yeah, funny. yeah. That's changed a lot. Everybody thinks he's the owner, but no, no, he's the reference brother, which are the owners. So yeah, it's really cool, you know, because uh, you're not seeing any bosses of the of the brand on the races. You know, I, I think I, I'm not sure, but 
I'm almost sure, and this year was on every races, I think. So it's amazing, you know. You you know, it's a it's a, it's a change because uh, he knows what we need to to be fast on a downhill track, and uh, he knows it's not just about uh, money result of the of the company's result for the races. So yeah. it's amazing for that. It's uh, we, yeah, he's got a real passion for racing, and exactly. that seemed to come through like. Uh, when he was sponsoring Cedric Gracia and the Atherton team, like he's always been been there or thereabouts. So that's really cool. Yeah, it's amazing. We we appreciate it. Cool. Uh, okay, so to change gears a little bit, what do you think you would be doing if you weren't a pro downhiller? Like, what do you enjoy doing away from bikes? Um, I don't know yet. I love a lot of things, but uh, it depends. For sport, maybe motorbike. You know, like. Uh, Motor, motocross but uh, if it was not uh, in the sport I don't know maybe real estate something like that you know like this kind of stuff I don't know you know when you are in mountain bike you're not thinking about anything else you need to be focused 100% on, on, yeah yeah on and do you think that love for mountain biking like why do you think that came about do you think it was from who you grew up with do you think it was from where you grew up uh, yeah, I think my dad was walking, uh, was riding bike uh, since he's young. I think he was also riding motor, motor trail motor. So my singing riding every weekend, you know, uh, next to my house, uh, downhill races and everything. So I think uh, that's why he wanted to to do that also. But uh, he didn't push me to do that. Just me, I wanted to to ride bikes. So yeah, still enjoy. It. Awesome. Yeah, that's good to hear. And um, during your, when you were growing up, uh, you had some pretty cool uh, mentors and friends around you uh, to ride with. Um, so Nico Vuyo is someone who you were uh, used to ride with when you were younger. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he helps me a lot. It's uh, uh, like forever and still a bit nowadays, but we work a lot together since from, I don't know, 13 years old to uh, the first junior uh, category. Uh, and then it was a bit complicated with the team because it's not uh, in the commensal team and everything. But uh, yeah, it's a big, it's been a big help for my career. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate the work he did with me and uh, what we, what he learned me on the bike, off the bike. And yeah, it was a massive help. So it was like holistically he was helping you. It wasn't just with like line choice or bike setup. He was helping you with that mental game as well. Um, yeah, well, I don't know. It's a bit special, you know, just, you know, as I saw what he did before, like even if I was young when he stopped the races, but just uh, listening to what he was saying about races and what he did, what we shouldn't do. And yeah, about bike settings a lot. After for line choice, it was a bit odd because it was not on races. But you know, you have always something to take from each person, and so I try to take the the best I can from him. Yeah, yeah, that's brilliant. What what a mentor, what a guy to learn from. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and as for your your riding buddies, that people you grew up with and rode with and raced with, like who do you think's had like the biggest influence on pushing you to keep progressing and Perhaps someone whose riding style you watched and thought, oh, that's, that's cool. I might take something from that. Like from someone I rode with at home or not mm-hmm. that I didn't know you, just I was a fan of? 
Yeah, like I was thinking of uh, the people you grew up riding with, but yeah, also yeah. Like, you could talk you about know, your... Uh, in South of France, and we are like uh, Loris, Loic is from there, and uh, a lot of people that are less known from mountain bike world, but which ride maybe almost as fast as us, but, you know, not during races, but during training. So it's a bit from everybody, you know, as I was a young, I rode with a lot of people and uh, that's a lot to, 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 to ride faster. You know, everybody's pushing each other and uh, even it's a bit dangerous. Sometimes uh, it's good for your progression. Absolutely. Yeah. And a very strong national scene in France. That's certainly not going to, going to have harmed your development. Yeah. Um, you're just touching on your, your mountain bike heroes. So, people who you might have looked at growing up from from outside your local area like who do you think were your mountain bike heroes growing up uh Aaron Green, for sure yeah yeah that's it and what was it about Gwyn that like captivated you results and uh yeah and he did that in a short period of time he won a lot of races but you know in a short period compared to other riders and but that's uh good thing yeah. Yeah, I like that and the riding style so really aggressive and straight on the bike and yeah just, uh, I don't know how to say it in English but uh, like just for the win and nothing crazy no style no just pushing yeah like focused yeah focused on the speed yeah awesome awesome um, I've had a look at your Instagram and I've seen that uh, you're doing a lot of, of rehab uh, on the leg and I think you've got your your boot off now is that right yeah, yeah exactly it's been I think uh, two or three weeks now that I walk a bit mm-hmm. and then now for uh, since last week I'm working almost normally and now I'm trying to regain some power because uh, you know I have the left leg which is almost good but the right one I'm, I need more power so yeah I'm start to ride road bike again and uh, also a bit of gym so it's nice to be nice to to train again and being almost ready to 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 ride downhill and uh, enduro and other stuff. That I can yeah, right that now. that must be a good feeling to be to be back focused on training. Yeah, um, exactly. What have you been doing to to keep you busy and keep you occupied uh, since snowshoe when you broke your leg? It was really really difficult for because I couldn't drive a car so. My friends and my dad uh, bring me everywhere they had to do something. And then, uh, you know, I tried to, I went to a track to, to being in, uh, in a car to next to the pilot, you know, co-pilot, not co-pilot, but just being in a car. We, we tried to, to make something, uh, something else, you know, try to make some simulator, you know, but it was really a bit hard with the thumb and with the leg. Mm-hmm. Tried different stuff and, uh, but the time was long sometimes, but now it's okay. <laughs> it's, uh, next to me yeah that's good 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 to see you back on it yeah so when you come off the off season when you've done all your training you're hopefully back to full health for the start of the 2022 season like what are your what are your goals like after coming second in the overall last year for leading it for so long um and to have a season so full of ups and downs like how are you feeling what's your mindset going into next year uh keep improving and then we will see, but keep improving. I need to work. But uh, yeah, and have the same result will be amazing because not the same, but you know, just the good ones, but more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, 
Yeah, yeah, it's it's been fantastic to uh, to be able to watch you progress, and then now to have you on the podcast. I was wondering if you've got any like superstitions. I know like some riders have some superstitions in terms of like on practice day, like if they have a new helmet, they'll kind of like roll it in the dirt, or if they have a new kit, and just these kind of like little idiosyncrasies. And I was just wondering like if you have any, or I mean, obviously they're private, so you don't have to share them, of course. But I was just just wondering if if you have anything like that. No, I, I didn't have any superstitious things, but yeah, sometimes, uh, like, yeah, the only thing is when maybe I have a bad result with an helmet, I don't want to ride it once again. Like, for example, to be fair, the one I rode at World Champs, I didn't want to ride it anymore, but I ride it in snowshoe, then it crashed again. <laughs> so then I'd say, okay, for the next race, I didn't ride it, but then I crashed again. So it was not the helmet, the problem was me. <laughs> No, no, nothing else. Just maybe that sometimes, but no, nothing crazy. Yeah, that's very, very rational. So I know with with some races, like they they notice really big things, and they notice some of them notice really small things. And I was lucky enough to have like riders that would notice. Well, some of them wouldn't notice really big things that they should notice, and then others would like obsess over small setup things. So I mean, with one rider, even if even if the bike hadn't changed, he would always like reset up like bar roll and lever position. So in terms of, um, in terms of like little micro setup details, are you uh, a, I think it's like a macro absorber or a micro adjuster. Do you, do you always look for small changes or you just get on and ride and ignore them? No, when I try to change the bike is that I'm not good on a bike. When I'm good is that I change nothing and just go fast. I don't, we did the work during the winter. So when the bike is ready, I'm ready. If it's not is if if I want to change the bike, sometimes it's not good for me. We, we've touched on the fact that you're fresh out of junior. You bring some new ideas uh, to the sport of downhill. Like if you were at the UCI and and you could control what was going to happen to the sport of downhill racing, what would you like to see? So some people have talked about a return to skin suits uh, for people to look more like uh, downhill skiers. Uh, other people would like to see a return to old school type tracks like Schladming, Le Bras and Val d'Isère. Like, what do you think? Well, I think for the suits, we, we're good where we, how we are like like today because uh, we're looking good. It's not too tight, not too too baggy, you know. But uh, I think the, the what they need to change is just the, the tracks sometimes uh, need to change. It's been, like me, it's just... Fourth years at the World Cup cycle, but for some of the guys, it's been ten years that they are doing for William the same corners every year. So maybe change that and change a bit the the security of some tracks. Sometimes it's a bit dangerous, you know. Like wouldn't say it's more, but yes. Sometimes we say to change something and they didn't do anything. And you know, where I crashed in snowshoe, I was not the only one to crash like that because of one rocks and. Mm-hmm. and it happens that I injured, but not just me. You know, it was someone else that crashed, not because of, but you know, sometimes you can arrange things. And on other tracks, you know, sometimes a big accident for nothing, just roots in the middle of the track for things they can cut it because it's dangerous. So, yeah, security is the most important, I think. The rest is no, it's okay. Yeah, no, no, I get that completely. Um, and you, you show extraordinary consistency across like a wide variety of tracks. Like, do you have a particular type of track you prefer 
like you arrive at a certain venue, you walk the track and you go, yeah, this is going to be one that I'm going to enjoy. Or yeah, do you just it, enjoy everything? No, I almost enjoy everything. But, you know, when you had some good reason or some tracks, you know you love it. So, yeah, Leo Gun, for example, or Lenzerheide, uh, Maribor, for example. This, like, I like fast tracks. So, I know when, I don't know. I love every tracks, but this type of track, which are not too steep and fast, I, I think I'm good on these tracks. Yeah, you've definitely shown that you're good on those tracks. There's uh, <laughs> some amazing results behind you. I know some riders would basically ride the same tyre, like, they would put the same tyre pattern. I'm thinking Sam Hill in the past. Basically, he used to ride, uh, what were we on? Magic Marys. So he'd have a set of Magic Marys on his XC bike. And the weather would have to get really <laughs> dramatically bad to, to to sort of like to get him off that tyre. And his logic, and I guess JC's logic, was a little bit like you get so used to that tyre and you get so used to the feel and the breakaway point it's better to ride you know maybe maybe it's a little bit muddier and actually like a cut spike would work a little bit better but you're so used to the way the tire feels uh that running running the same is all it is probably better do you feel the same in terms of you have like do you prefer a cut spike uh, you know even if it's really dry when actually maybe maybe a faster rolling tire would be better or are you getting so much time on the bike that you're happy to transition between the tires no, I know. I'm really used to the Magic Mary, for example. And when we try something, else, sometimes I'm always back to Magic Mary at the, at the point. So, no, I really like this tire. So, when it's dry or when it's like middle, Magic Mary, and when it's really, really bad, full, full, does uh, it? That's it. I don't try to mix things or anything. Just that for the moment. It's, it's enough for me. Just to go back to your uh, your off season, like I don't know if it's a bit different this year because of uh, the rehabilitation you're having to do after your injury. But what is your typical winter off season training consisting of? Yeah, so well, now it will be the same this year. You know, just uh, one month later. But uh, I'm doing a gym, road bike, uh, enduro, and a lot of uh, motocross to have uh, the good physique, and that's it huh, every week. Uh, we're doing that and and team camp also it's really important to write down and testing some new new things on the bike and try to push the the, the speed so yeah and which bits do you enjoy the most is it the moto is it riding bmx long road rides through the alps i think uh, everything is funny even when sometimes you need to do some intervals on the road bike but yeah, when you're going to the motor track, it's amazing. You, know, you, you, I don't know, it's a strange feeling. You know, you, even if I'm not riding like a pro, absolutely not. But uh, it's just funny to ride the motocross. You know, you, you know, yeah, like you ride the same tracks almost that uh, guys that ride faster road, and you see what they can do, and you still are like, how can you, how can you do that? <laughs> so it's good to improve on other things. You know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And do you find that after you've been riding motocross, you find that it feels slower on a downhill bike or do you feel you process the terrain differently? Do you have to like recalibrate to not having a big, heavy motorbike underneath you? No, no, no. You feel the difference and that's good because uh, the, the, the motorbike is really heavy and when you go back on a downhill truck, you say, okay, it's so easy. <laughs> so yeah, it's a good feeling. Yeah, so some riders are really particular about like pin 
and pedal setup and and some are really like specific about like cleat setup like do you have any kind of like specificity or like how you set your cleats up like do you do you run them really really tight and it's really hard to get out do you like how far back do you run them or do you have that setting and then you run with it no uh, keep the same setting uh, all year long and for a lot of years and it's normal you know not to lose not too tight just what you need to clip and unclip on the track when you make mistake and when it's muddy that's it just try to have brand new cranks a lot of like not every race but you know keep them and i think well for me i guess the other question is then i remember when win arrived like all of a sudden he had this like i guess he started on flats and then he moved to moved to clips and i and i know he's not alone in, in doing it but it felt like he was probably one of the bigger guys that was doing it this really really like almost mid-foot cleat position are you the same as that in terms of do you run your cleats really, really far back or are you running in a sort of like just behind the no, net? Almost fully back. Almost. Okay. Five, like, yeah. Who do you enjoy riding with? Like, if you could just pick someone to go out and session, like, away from a race, don't have to train, just for fun, like, who would you go riding with? Uh, my, my best friend, we're riding together every day, like, and training Almost every day. So yes, him. He's riding also on on right down on World Cups. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's good. Who's that then? It's uh, Antoine Roche. He's a uh, he's a uh, was uh, his first year in Elite. So this year, so tough one, but uh, he's on some good qualities. Nice, nice. Have you got anyone you'd like to give a shout out to? Or anyone you'd like to thank? Yeah, so so thank you to Physique to make this chat uh, possible, and it's good to, to chat with you guys, uh, even if you are in England. Thanks very much, Thibaut. And uh, to you guys out there, thank you for listening to the Bike Radar podcast. Uh, please don't forget to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Thank you for listening to the Bike Radar podcast. If you want any more information on what we've been talking about or more news and views on cycling, check out bikeradar.com. <laughs>